Thank you for joining us today. I'm Pastor Hagen Lister here at Word of Faith Outreach Center in Joaquin, Texas. If you'd like to join us in person, all of our service times, contact information, and a map to our physical location is on our website. That's www.woftx.com. You can also watch past live streams or watch us live on our Facebook page, WFTX. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Yes, Genesis 1 is where I'm going to be starting off at. And while I was thinking, while I was praying, and I just uh, really wanted to share, for the first time for me coming up here and, and, and just really speaking and sharing with you guys, because when you come up into the pulpit, you're not just giving off all this information, all this stuff that you've read in here, just like, oh, look at this stuff I've read over in here. Look at all this knowledge that I know. <clears throat> but it's something that means something to you. What have you experienced and what have you seen? What has the Lord shown you in this? And so I just wanted to show, in my eyes, what is the story of life? So I'm going to try in 53 minutes to go from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> and we're going to go through about three fourths of the Bible here tonight. So I hope you guys, I know, I know Michelle got her coffee. I know she's ready to go with it. So, so basically in Genesis, you know, over here, we all, we've all read it in the beginning, you know, God takes these six days and he makes all of creation. That is absolutely fantastic right there. So he goes through, he creates the heavens he creates the earths. He separates. He's got, he's got the earth comes up out of the sea. He separated land from water. He's made the sun and the moon separated day from night. He's got the birds of the air. He's got the, the, uh, the bovine. I just learned that word here recently. The bovine of the fields, you know, cattle. That's, that's what that is. All the fish in the sea, every creeping thing, even though I personally hate spiders, but I know they have a purpose. I know they have a purpose, but I still don't like them very much. But he went... And the Lord made this foundation of earth. And then he created man. He created Adam. And Adam, the purpose was to, you know, take care of the world, to take care and nurture what God put him there in. So over in Genesis 1, it's over in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And as I had shared when Brother Paul was over here, I personally love the message. I love the way that he just words it, the, the gentleman who, who wrote the message. So I'm not going to go through all the way to verse 28 here for lack of time. But he says over here, the way that he words this, let us make human beings in our image to make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish of the sea. For the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, the earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. So he created human beings, created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. So that, that one specific wording there, responsible. So we had mankind in the beginning there. God gave Adam and Eve 
He gave them. Yes, they were responsible. Sorry, the word left my mind there, but I got responsible. They had a responsibility. That's the word right there. Very similar, but it left my mind for a second. They had a responsibility to take care of what God had given them. But then, of course, you know, we know how, how it continues, what happens next. But before we get there, over in Genesis 2-7, it goes into a more specific of what happens, specifically Adam and then Eve. But for the, for the one verse that I, that, I, that I like here and want to point out, the Lord God formed man of the dust on the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So this right here, this is what shows how mankind, how we are completely different from all the animals on the field, all the birds in the air, fish of the sea, all the creepy crawlies. This shows how mankind is different because God breathed in the breath of life. That is what shows the spirit of life that we have because man, man is a three-part being as we know, spirit, soul, and body. Body is this little flesh suit that I'm living in right here. My soul, my mind, my, my will and my emotions and my spirit is my centermost self. This is what's connected to God with the Holy Spirit. That is who I really am. So with that, this is what makes us different from everything else. Don't make theology of me saying this, but when it comes to animals, I think two part body and soul, because we can clearly see animals have emotions. We can see that they have care. Cats, not so much care. They think they're above us all. But dogs, they love you if you breathe. And that's what I love about dogs. Man's best friend. Cats, eh, it depends on the cat. <laughs> but with this, this is what separates mankind from everything else, because we have that spirit. We have that, that extra oomph with us. And so we have that authority as well. God gave Adam that title deed over the whole earth. But then we know what happens next. That creepy crawly serpent, that slithery little snake devil came, comes up in here. He tempts Eve and says, you know, God doesn't want you to eat from this fruit because you will be like God. But you know what it says in the scripture? We are already made in his image. But they were fooled. And then the Lord comes up. And he says, you know, we hid from you because we saw we were naked. And God says, well, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from this tree? And then Adam, you know, he goes, be careful because you normally got a couple fingers pointing back at you. It's just what happens when you point the finger. I just want to let you guys know that. Maybe encourage you in that side. Be responsible for when you mess up. I've had to learn that a couple of times. But <laughs> over in Genesis 3, just go over, you know, to the very next page for me. Whenever this happened, as soon as this fall happened, God had a plan. He had a plan to fix this, this mess up and this wrong. He goes, and so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And this part right here is the important one. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, in the beginning, Adam had the title deed of the earth. He was the one that was in authority over all this. Now, when this part right here happens, he basically gave that title over to the devil. He gave that over to Satan because he bowed down to a lower authority, rising him to be the God of this world. And we'll see in scripture here later on to, to add to that, because don't take what someone says up in the pulpit, find it in scripture as well. See and study what they say so you know it's the real deal. And so with that, God had a plan and that's Jesus right there. So right after over in 
21. 321. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Now we can read this and it seems very simple. He made clothes. They were naked. They were ashamed. They needed to cover up. I mean, we're all wearing clothes in here. Thank goodness. But I think this is a little bit more, more significant because what is something that they had to do in the Old Testament to help fix that relationship between them? They had covenant to deal with. They had a sacrifice which covered the sins that atoned for it for a period of time. Didn't completely get away with them, but it just was a covering for their sins. That's what that was for. So right here, God's already showing them how they can come back. But that's just a little side note right there. So over in Deuteronomy 30 is the next place that we're going to. <clears throat> so my question for you, it's an open-ended question. So what are we doing and what are we connecting with? So over here in Deuteronomy 30, I'm going from verse 15 down to verse 20. So this is the Lord talking here. <clears throat> See that I have set before. Yes, thank goodness. I, I, I got him set up with all the scriptures so he didn't have to deal with finding all these. <laughs> so see, I have set before you today life and good death and evil in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you and the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish you shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days." And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. So, when God made us, we have free will, don't we? I like that necklace you got on over there. Did you choose to put that necklace on? Yeah. I like that shirt, especially that American flag on that pocket. Did you choose to put that shirt on right there? Yes. So when my phone comes to die, because I like to, you know, I like to sometimes scroll on YouTube, watch some funny videos. I like a little chuckle. Ha ha. But whenever that comes to die, when the battery has drained itself, what do we typically do when our when our when our little technological gadgets, whenever their their battery about runs out, we plug it up. Right. Can I just put a stick in there and it be charged up? That doesn't necessarily work now, does it? So for us, we have a choice the Lord gave us here. We have life and we have death. Now, which are we going to choose? We have, we have the knowledge of good and evil. We know what is good. We know what is bad. That's kind of an outcome from the tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we have this path set before us. We have good. We have evil. Now, it seems good at the moment because there, there's a nice looking young man over there or a pretty looking lady. But... 
that path isn't necessarily good. Going down that path of temptation, that the end of that, as it tells us in Proverbs, leads to death and decay and ruin and all this not so good stuff. If we go to the material possession side and we allow these material possessions to get a hold of us, man, that's a nice car. I like cars. I really like cars. So that's a nice car out there. You go out to the business world, try to get all this material possession. But when you die, it's, 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 just a bigger, it's just a bigger fire pit. That's all it is. It's just more ash for the heap. And so with that, it looks good. But is it really good? Because there's more than this natural side. Because we have our spirit, our soul to feed into. So what is it that we are hooking up to? I'm reading through Jeremiah right now. And the Israelites, the Jewish people at the time there, they went and just really were not doing good things. They, were, they had false idols. Uh, the queen of heaven is one where they had um, logs, they would carve logs in the image of her, uh, the queen of heaven, you can, you can look her up in Jeremiah. And they would have those all throughout. They would normally, you know, have some sacrifices and whatnot they would put for her there, but they just, they turned their heart away from the Lord. They did not hook up to life. When we hook up to his word, the, the point that I'm bringing across here is when we hook up to his word, this is really the only actual charger that we have in this life because there is, there's fact, you know, we have facts and opinions and all that stuff. Now fact can change, but when it comes to truth, I think at the end of the day, there is an ultimate truth that has not changed. And that is God and his word. This is the ultimate truth, but truth changes fact. And when it comes to it, the truth is there is a God, there is Jesus up in heaven who's interceding for us. And he went to the cross he fixed our relationship with God. We kind of were on a bad path at that moment, but he fixed that relationship. So we now can come to him boldly to the throne of grace so we may find mercy and hope. But this right here, this is the life that we need to find and hook up with. Sometimes it gets tiring. I'm, I'm sitting in my chair trying to read and I, I kind of drowse off a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I need some coffee. I need something to get up, do, some, do something to wake up. But over here, what is it we're hooking up to? What are we really looking at at the end of the day? What are we putting our time to? Because we need, we need a job. We need to make money. We need, we need a way to transport. These are natural things we do need. Don't put that on, don't put that on the back burner because that's important. We still, in the natural, are here living in this life. But what is our main focus and priority? That's, that's the main point right over there. So when it comes to this, <laughs> I like this point that came to my mind. So you got oil rich ground or oil, sorry, oil. You got oil rich ground and you dig in deep. What are you going to get? We're going to find some oil down there, aren't we? If we have an aquifer or just a big body of water under the ground, if I dig down there, what am I going to find? I'm going to find some nice tasty water. But if I dig down in a murky swamp, just this, this awful mud gunk, but I'm like, man, I'm going to find some good stuff in here. It's going to be Beverly Hillbillies right here where I'm going to find some liquid gold. All I'm going to find is murky mud. That's all I'm going to find. And that's just something that I thought was, was really cool right here. So Jeremiah 29, 11, we know this scripture for sure. You guys doing all right tonight? Am I, am I making, I'm not just, I'm not just kind of overgoing myself. I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm glad it's actually been a little while since I've, since I've come and talked this length of time. 
but I, I really do appreciate this opportunity to come up here and just share something with you guys that's, that's made an impact on myself. So Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now we have over here, we have this life that we're coming to live and God, he knows what's gonna happen tomorrow. The way that I picture this, because whenever we think of the eternal, my, I don't know about you guys, but my mind shuts down. It's like a computer. It just completely, it has to reboot and I've got to, I've got to re, I've got to reawaken my mind when I try to think of the eternal because we can't think of that really. But a visual that has helped me kind of see God and His grand amazingness. So you've so you've got God, okay? And at the beginning of His hand, you've got the beginning of time, beginning of everything, beginning of time, and in the end is the end of time. And He's just He's just got that held in His hands. And that just shows the grandness of the God that we serve. The, the, the God that created heavens and the earth, sea, the land, the trees, all this beauty in this land, all the beauty in space. I don't know if you guys have seen some pictures of outer space. Man, that stuff is beautiful. And he, the God that we serve, is the God who made that stuff. And he says over here, for I know the thoughts that I have for you. And that just shows the personal side of the God that we serve, that he knows each and every one of us, that he has a plan, that he's got a purpose, that he wants you to prosper. He wants you to do good in this life, to, to walk in his ways, to walk in his ways of life. He wants that. He wants to have that personal relationship with you. We couldn't have this in the Old Testament because they were separated by that wall of sin. Because of that mess up, they had the sacrifices every year on the Day of Atonement. We don't understand the blood that ran down the streets every year from the sacrifices. Those rivers were not of water on that night. They were of blood. They were very red. And I'm sorry to sound a little gruesome, but that's how it was at that time. And I just am trying to show that representation of what it took to come to God. And it wasn't in the, not, not even in the closest measure that we have now. But <laughs> for us now, like I said, it sounds easy, sounds good, but it's not easy. It's not because we have to choose this day. Are we going to go life? Or are we going to go death? Are we going to go what feels good today? Because it's now. I'm not even going to think about tomorrow, but you know what? Tomorrow's going to come. <laughs> so Matthew 4, Matthew 4 is where I'm going to next. It's going to be verse 8 through 11. This is when Jesus, you know, he's down on the earth now. He's going in the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes out there fast for 40 days, 40 nights. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little hungry and thirsty after that time. So then the devil comes over and he tempts him. I'm not going to go through all the temptations, but one specific part over here. And this is, this is me bringing up my point from earlier. So over in verse Yes, eight. Again, the devil took him, Jesus, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. So my point and question for you here. If the devil didn't have authority over the earth, how could he offer it to Jesus? So my next point is over in Ephesians 2. So I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of notes in Ephesians. That's a good letter right there. I like Ephesians. But my point there, if the devil did not gain the lease of the world, how could he offer that to Jesus? So 
bringing this over here to Ephesians 2, I'm going down to verse 9. Make sure I get this next page ready. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. I'm going to come back to there in a minute. <laughs> the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. <laughs> but God. That's just, that's, that's just, I, but God. That's the only but we should say whenever we're talking about a situation. But God. <laughs> but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. See, that connects with the last couple of weeks. We're talking about grace here. <laughs> he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so over there in verse two, where it says, according to the prince of the power of the air. So when you go back to the Greek, this is just why I love the Greek here. When you go to that word power in Greek, that is actually the word for authority. So when it's talking about the prince of the authority of the air. So he had authority at this time on the earth. And so in John 19, last Last, not epistle, the last gospel. Thank you guys for turning through all these pages with me. I know this is a little bit more scripture than, you, than we normally go through on a basic church service, but you know what? It's just so good. When you start diving into this stuff, it is for me anyways. I, I was not very illiterate. I was not very literate at first. I was illiterate. But then once I started reading more, it's just good stuff. So with this one verse in John 19, verse 30. So when this is, this is in the middle of Jesus on the cross. Well, actually the end of him on the cross. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. So he had died. So it is finished right there. I love this right here. So the Greek word for it is finished to telestai. That specific word right there was used. If I were to break a law, I go to jail and now in my jail cell where I'm serving my penance, above that cell would be pretty much a piece of paper. They'd nail up there and it would say what I did and how long I'm supposed to serve. So at the end of my sentence, when I've paid, when I've paid what was due, they would normally stamp it with a little stamp to telestai. It is finished and it is paid for. That, that price is done. So you have the entire mass of sin, the entire separation chasm of sin from beginning of Adam to the end of mankind. All of that. And Jesus went, took it upon himself, went down to hell. For three days and three nights, he paid that price. And this is, this is the way that I see it. My Paul, uh, brother Benny, not Paul, but Paul, P-A-W. I could say pow. I had someone say, tell, tell me to say pow so he knows who I'm talking about. So pow, he was talking about the way that he had, he had seen this. And you just got Jesus over there, just a mountain of demons on top of him. And he's, he's, he's paying the price right there. 
and you got God and you've got the scales of justice and it gets just at that right levels out. It's paid for. It's done. You got this bright light that shines down into just right on top of Jesus. It blows forth all the demons. It just splatters them against the wall. And then by the Holy Spirit raises him up from the dead. Devil thought he had Jesus, but he <laughs> checkmate right there is what happened. And so to Telestai, it is finished. That price has been paid for. It's been taken care of. So now we hear we got something new. So Hebrews 8, 6 is where I'd like to take you next. So you have the Old Testament. So we know that we know the word testament. You got the Old Testament. You got the New Testament. So this isn't a Greek word. Um, I don't know if I said, but 8, 6, Hebrews 8, 6. So the word testament, Old Testament, New Testament, it's a Latin word, testamento, which actually translates to covenant. So you have the Old Mosaic covenant. And then we have the new, I think the Abrahamic covenant, the, the covenant that Abraham had with the God. I think it very much correlates to that, but you can say it's the Jesus covenant because that's what we have. So over in eight, six, but now he talk about Jesus here. He has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he is also a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better terms, better promises. So, what's one of those promises? We think about what we have, you know, we now have redemption, we have life, you know, says over in Romans, believe with the heart, confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. So we have salvation, we have this personal relationship with God. <laughs> but what's this with the Holy Spirit? We see over in the Old Testament, you know, a seer, as they were called. They were the prophets at the time. They were seers because they could see things. And the Holy Spirit felt on them. We, we see that, that the presence of God felt on them. And it's a little different from what we have now. Because we have him within us. There is no longer a separation. Actually, I believe says this over in Ephesians 2 as well, a little bit later. But it talks about, you know, the wall of separation between Jew and Gentile has been broken down. And we can see that as well for us. The wall of separation between man and God has been broken down. That wall of separation from sin and death has been broken down. So now our spirits has been joined together with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of promise. So over in 1 Corinthians Two is where I'm going to next. And this is actually one of my last scriptures here. So I am getting through a little bit earlier. I'm an ax. Why am I trying to go backwards? <laughs> I love this right here. So 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man or in his brain. He hasn't thought about it. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of times people just kind of stay with that one verse right there. Or they'll stay with just verse 11. No one, no one has seen it. No one's heard of it. No one's thought about it. The things that God has for us. So how can we know the things of God? Well, just read the next two verses. 
But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who, know, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And for me personally, the Holy Spirit was very much taken for granted. Because growing up, always hear about him, you know, yes, we have the Holy Spirit, Spirit of promise. Awesome. But that's just growing up. That's something always heard of, knew we always had. And man, when you really start to think about that, it says later on, I believe in first Corinthians, that it says the fullness of God dwells on the inside of us. And the fullness of God dwells on the inside of us. Filthy, filthy man that could not do anything to attain salvation, that couldn't do anything to build a bridge to get us back to God. The one and only way back to God was Jesus, the Son of God, to come forth, live a perfect life, for he lived a perfect life. He was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin, Scripture tells us. And to go through the most gruesome death, beard plucked out, beaten, spit on, whipped with a whip that had like the cat of nine tails is the whip that they used on Jesus. It had different shards of rock, glass, pottery, just a lot of not good stuff that would dig into the skin. And when you yank that sucker out, you better believe some chunks of skin is coming with it. And he went cat of nine tails, carried the cross all the way up to Calvary. And with Roman crucifixion, as y'all most possibly know, whenever they dig that hole, they, I mean, they have to nail you in while, while you're on the ground. Not necessarily through the palm because your phalanges, the bones that are in your hands, that are your fingers. If you do it in the palm, when you get up there, it's actually going to tear out because there's nothing keeping that end. I really hope I'm not messing with anyone's weak stomach in here. Thank you for bearing through this. But it goes through the wrist. And then you go through both the feet. And then you got to pick up that cross. And when gravity takes hold and it falls into that post, it dislocates most all bones from, from the joint. So he goes through all of that for us. Because he thinks we are worth it. Because he still sees man in perfection, what they used to be. Now, I've got tattooed on the back of my arm over here, Dikaiosune. I'm just bringing a lot of Greek up to you guys. It's all Greek to y'all, isn't it? <laughs> so, righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is actually, this is, this is out, of, out of what I've got written here. For God took him who knew no sin to be made sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. 
through Christ. Now, when you take that word, dikaiosune, and translate it into something more than one word, to be made in your original intention, to be made in your original intention. Now, what was our original intention, you may ask? Thank you for asking. That was a really good question. Well, for one, perfect communion with God. We can go and have nothing separated. We can come boldly to the throne of grace where we may receive mercy and find new hope. That's one thing. We can also not worry about the things that are going on in this world. Man, just bills are getting a little bit more expensive. Gas, oh my goodness. Gas is actually a little bit expensive, a little less expensive over here than other places, but ham, oh my gosh. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rant a little bit on here. I was over in Nacogdoches. We, I was coming back home. I was getting me a little drink of my friend Canyon. And in the, it was a Brookshire Brothers gas station. I'd actually never seen a Brookshire's gas station before. But in this little, little fridge, they had a package of ham. Like, you know the bologna that you get for like two bucks? It was, it was kind of like that. Two dollar, you know, two, three dollars for a little package of ham. You know, normally that I would know of before, like two to three, maybe, maybe four dollars. I'd say four dollars, depending on where you're at. No, it's like six dollars and 80 cents for this package of ham. <laughs> this may someone's just like, oh yeah, sure. It's just ham. Exactly. It's just ham. Oh man. But anyways, that just shows my point <laughs> with all of this stuff that's going on that we don't have to worry because God's gonna take care of us. Back when I was in youth, um, back in high school, there was a youth camp that we, that we were going to go to. And I was, you know, trying to save up money so I, could, so I could go forth. And it was coming up pretty close. Didn't have the money yet for it, but I had $20. I was wanting to come up to Brother Cole. He was my youth pastor at the time, kind of my father in the faith, because that's when I really saw myself getting saved at that time. So I had $20. Brother Cole, I got $20. I'd like to go forth and I'd like to pay for, pay for my youth camp. So the night before, so this is Wednesday, church. So Tuesday, I had gotten, gotten out of work. I realize I'm starting to worry a little bit about this, but I know scripture says, don't worry. So I start praying while I'm in my truck driving home, old 2002 Ford Ranger. That was my first vehicle. It was a good old truck. I liked it. So as I'm driving home, I, one of the things, Lord, I just, I trust that I'm going to get the money for this youth camp because I would really like to go. I know a, a giant hand is not going to come out of the sky and you're going to get the money to me. I know that's not going to happen. But Lord, whatever the way you provide, I trust you. I know, I, I know I'm going to get this paid for. And so the next day I come to Brother Cole. Now I've got $20 I'd like to pay for, for my youth camp. Oh, it's already been taken care of. We, we, got, you, we got it. Kind of like we were, we were walking over to the gymnasium. I remember we were walking out of the, where we were at for youth going into the gym. And I just like kind of stopped. I'm like, what? He's like, oh no, it's already been taken care of. I'm like, it was like $180 left on that. It's a little bit of money. Like in my mindset at the time, I'm just now starting for work. So I'm like, that's a, that's a little bit of money. And he's like, oh yeah, no, it's good. We got you, man. Come on, let's go have fun. And he takes care of me. You know, I was talking with Connor on this. I just love this story right here because before I even had a job, before I even had a vehicle, man, I was already worrying, how am I gonna buy this super expensive vehicle? I don't even have a job yet and I'm already worrying about this. So I, you know, my transmission went out on my truck, ended up getting a, it was a uh, Chevy. It was a Chevrolet Impala. I called it Stimpy because Impala, I thought Impy, you know, Ren and Stimpy, that's where my mind went. So I named my car Stimpy. But then for 
Two months, it was about two, three months before I was gonna leave up to Oklahoma, go to Rama. Rama's Bible Training College, fantastic place. Love that place. So I love this place too. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. So I'm going to work. I'm going to Timpson. I'm, I just got off the interstate. I'm in, in Tenaha, or as some call it, Tenaha. So I'm going over there to Timpson. And I, <laughs> so I stopped at the light like I was kind of supposed to. And there was an 18-wheeler. Now it was raining, so I give it that. And I had gotten rear-ended by an 18-wheeler, completely totaled my car. And I was fine. Don't worry. It wasn't too bad. But my car didn't start after this happened, so I had to kind of leave it over there. So when all of this happens, when I'm sitting in the car, as soon as this happens, Oh, I got two months and I'm about to live on my own. I'm about to go to, I'm about to go to college, which costs money. I'm going to be living by my own, which costs money. Like I'd been living with brother Benny. I've been living with Powell and Nan for these last couple of years. So I'm going to have to be paying rent. Like I'm just thinking all these that my mind goes to just already worrying stuff, trying to build up. But the Lord checked me. I'm very glad he did this. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And so I, at the time, was going over to Shreveport to the Word of Life School of Ministry. That was a really fun time over there. So I just, I heard the Lord, you know, he spoke to my heart, not an audible voice, but in my heart, I felt him speaking to me. And I've been teaching you my word these last couple years. Now, what are you going to do about it? That's kind of what I felt in my heart. So I'm just like, oh, oh, okay. No, that, you know what? That, that's, that's right. So this is my mind process here. So I understand that there is power in our words. It says over in Proverbs, the power of death and life is in the tongue. So speak life that you may have it more abundantly. I kind of tie that in with Deuteronomy 30. <laughs> and so now what is the life that I speak over it? So I know to speak scripture. I'm not going to worry, you know, over in Matthew six, God, I know you're going to take care of me, all this stuff. So to, to, to summarize this giant, you know, this is like a month and a half time frame. So I ended, ended up getting a ticket for it. Yeah, I got rear-ended and I got a ticket. I was calling Nathan to tell him that I'm not going to be at work because I got in an accident. I'm like, I'm fine. Don't worry. But hey, I'm just going to be a little late. They didn't even take my testimony of what happened. And so I get over there like, yeah, we're giving you a ticket. Here's this sign here and all that. They had, what they had said was I had slammed on my brakes, tried to gun it and slammed on my brakes again. It's not what I did because for those of y'all who know when you're driving, you pump the brakes when it's raining. So anywho's about at the end of that next month, I go to try and fight the ticket because I, I just, I did not find myself fully at fault for it. So when I had gone over to there, you know, they had told me, well, to be honest, because I had shared with them what had happened. They said, you know, to be honest, the uniqueness of this ticket, like that you should not have gotten a ticket in this. So we're just going to dismiss this. So this is off your record. And now that that's the simple part right there. But the vehicle, I need a car and cars cost a lot of money. And so when I began praying over this, what I, what I had kind of dropped in my heart was just a simple saying, what the enemy means for destruction God, you will turn to restoration. So I'm speaking this. Whenever any type of worry comes into my mind, that's when I go and speak on it. That's, I think, what we should do. Whenever, whenever a negative thought, whenever worry tries to come in our mind, that's when we speak against it because we got to put the flesh down and we got to speak the word. We got to speak some life. So this is just God's positional placing of people in our lives. And I was able to get a, car, get a vehicle over at Nissan Patterson. I'm not promoting them, but I'm just saying their name. So take it as promotion if you want. But anyways, so Nissan Patterson, I was able to get a 2013 Kia Optima. I named it Optimus Prime. 
<laughs> and so it's a couple years newer, had a fewer miles, but because it was under 125,000 miles, it came with a lifetime powertrain warranty. So engine, transmission, drive cams, fully covered. The beginning of last year, I actually had to get a new engine put in. It was over $4,000 worth of work. Didn't pay a dime on it. And the dealership that had fixed, that had changed out my motor, reimbursed me for the rental car that I had as well for that week, week and a half. Didn't pay nothing on. And so the reason why I say, you know why I'm saying this, because when we put our trust in God, he's going to get us through it. When we're hooking up to that source of life, when we're hooking up to that source of life, man, he's going to get us through it. It may not turn out as we want it to, but in the end, he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us and he's got a better route for us. So it may not be as we expect it to be, but it's going to be better than we imagine it to. That's for sure. And so I was, I was sharing this over. So for those of y'all who may know, I took the missions program for my third year at Rama, the missionary program. Oh, so good. And I was sharing this with one of my classmates, Lisa. And when I got to that part, you know, what the enemy means for destruction, God, you will turn to restoration. She's like, oh, that's my favorite scripture. That's a scripture? <laughs> that's a scripture? I'm, and she's like, yeah, it's over. Oh, yeah, the end, of, the end of Genesis. Yeah, I didn't really plan on this, but, you know, this is how the Holy Spirit directed through. I had what I had to say. He had more to say. So over in Genesis, it's over here. Yeah, Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. What he means for destruction, God's gonna turn it to restoration. We just gotta be sure to activate this. That's the biggest thing. So I've got a little, I was just writing throughout my notes. So I got this really cool little part right here. So we, this, this is going back over 1 Corinthians 2, 9. For we can know, yeah, that's, that's another point I was making. For we can know the thoughts that God has because we have his spirit, the fullness of the Godhead living within us so that we may know what his thoughts are. What are his plans? What is his purpose? So with that, taking that point. So we, the church, in the Holy Spirit and power, will go out into this world, allowing the Lord to shine through us this new generation will see the light of truth that is the Christ Jesus. We must choose life and let that life sow seeds into others. Let this word transform the way we think, act, and speak. This is not a simple thing, the Holy Spirit. He is the fullness of God manifested within us for the increase of his kingdom. And so, <laughs> so for me, this is me ending right here. <laughs> the story of life in my eyes is the story of Jesus. Because when we study that life, the life that he lived, we have a role model. We have a physical role model to look at because outside of Jesus, because he, of course, is, you know, perfect. <laughs> Bruce Lee. I really like Bruce Lee. I'm into martial arts and that man, he was he trained and he did a lot of really cool stuff. Broke his back. And the doctors told him, you will not be at your previous physical condition. <laughs> not only did he come to his previous physical condition, but he exceeded it. Dude kind of trained himself to death, but that's not what we're focusing on right now. He had a strong will and a strong desire to make himself better and increase how he was. Very wise man. He knew Chuck Norris very well, too. So that's, that's another positive point right there. But with Jesus, his life 
We have a physical role model because Bruce Lee is a physical role model. Jesus is a physical role model that we have because he, he literally walked on the earth outside of the Bible, outside of the Bible. Do you know how many pieces of fragments that they have of the New Testament? Over 25,000 pieces of either single sentences, chapters, or whole books. Over 25,000 amounts of individual text of the New Testament. So with that... They have like a 99.98% accuracy to show that they have what the original text said. That just blows my 25,000. And you compare that to how many texts of like Caesar, of just all of these people, Plato, a lot of these Greek philosophers and people, they only have like single numbers, maybe a couple tens, 20, 30, something like that. But also the amount of time in between when they said they lived and when the document was found, sometimes they got a couple hundred years in between Sometimes a couple thousand years. But with the New Testament text, it's like within 50 years of the first. And now I don't know about you, but that kind of shows me that this might be real what we're doing right here. What we're, what we're talking about might, might be some truth into that. And so with that, I just, going from Genesis to almost Revelation. I didn't get to that, but I'm, I'm going to end right here because I'm going to be considerate of your time. And, and TikTok is very important. But one thing that has just really impacted me that I want to try and encourage y'all with, I hope I've done a good job encouraging, is what are we doing, what are we saying, and how are we doing it? Because we have, we have our natural jobs that we're doing. Now I'm over here, I'm finally after nine years out of the restaurant industry, <laughs> man, I'm glad to be out. I enjoyed my time serving, especially up in Tulsa, Texas Day, Brazil, oh man. Good quality steak for those of y'all who know Texas Day Brazil. Whatever meat was left at the end of the day, that was our dinner to share. I was eating good while I was there. But man, it was really good pay. But it's a lot of stress behind it too because you got five, six tables, especially being the staff trainer. I'm not going to go in more in depth, but it was just really stressful. But the thing is God provided. Man, I made some friendships along the way. I met some really cool people. But as I've gone throughout... In what I am doing, God, I want this to be where you have me to be. And as I'm doing it, I want you to shine throughout me. I don't want to go forth and just start preaching over someone's head, just trying to bash them upside with a Bible, because that's not how we do it. We do this in love and we do it in patience. And as we go through and live our lives as we're supposed to, man, it'll shine forth. It'll, they'll see it. They'll see a difference. Again, thanks for joining us today. We hope that this podcast blessed you. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, all of our contact information or come see us, uh, all of our location information is on our website, www.woftx.com. We hope to see you soon.